Welcome to She Inspires Me. I'm your host, Caroline Bruni, founder of She Inspires Me and Organise Curate Design. Launched as a Facebook passion project back in 2017, She Inspires Me has been reborn to highlight the incredible women we all encounter in our everyday lives and how we can take inspiration from them. Thanks to our key sponsor, Organise Curate Design, I welcome you to listen and get inspired as we showcase these incredible women. As you know, Organise Curate Design are the key sponsor for She Inspires Me. If you are an Organised Curate Design fan and have been keen to get your hands on some of our products, now is the time to do it as we are having a sale. 50% off all products at organisedcuratedesign.com forward slash shop. Welcome to another episode of She Inspires Me. Today I have the fabulous Cheryl Tai, who um, I will start off by um we're going to jump straight into her bio and then I will we'll jump into our chat because there is a lot to talk about. This woman has done a lot. So Cheryl Tai is the CEO and co-founder of the League of Extraordinary Women, founder of Cupcake Central, sought-after speaker, mentor, board member of Project NZ and the president of the Entrepreneurs' Organisation Melbourne, for, like known commonly as EO. She was awarded the Entrepreneur of the Year in 2013 at the Australian Startup Awards and became a finalist in the Telstra Business Women's Award in 2016 in the Entrepreneur category. Cheryl is a speaker of choice for high-profile brands such as Telstra, Hewlett-Packard, American Express, Square, RMIT and The Body Shop. In, in April 2019, Cheryl made the decision to successfully exit from her first business, Cupcake Central, to focus on building a tech platform for the League of Extraordinary Women to connect women on a global scale. In July 2020, she was appointed as president of EO, the Melbourne chapter, for 2020-2021. So, welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so thanks much for, for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks and for having wow. me. You are serious go-getter, serial entrepreneur. I know I read that on your website and that's one of the ways that you are very much described as a serial entrepreneur, which is, I love that. I love someone that can just go and do all the things and, and just go um, chase those dreams. And you've got a few ways that you describe your dream chasing. Um, one of them is hatching, but we'll get to that. I love that that word hatch. So I'm going to take our listeners back a little bit so we can get a bit of an understanding of you and who you are and and how you've you know got yourself to this entrepreneurial serial entrepreneurial point in your life so I know a little bit about your story as to when Cupcake Central was launched and how it came about and whatever else but before we dive into that can you take us back to pre-Cupcake Central and what happened in your, what was then your corporate life and what you were like before that major change? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I guess my story would start back in high school. When I graduated high school, had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wasn't really great at maths, hated science, so didn't want to be an accountant or doctor or a lawyer, you know, much to the dismay of my parents. (laughs) 
but um, decided that I wanted to pursue IT. So at that point, I didn't really know what that would look like, but I just knew that uh, I saw my uncle as an inspiration. He was an IT consultant and he got to travel the world and, you know, work six months and then have six months off. So I thought, well, that sounds really good. Why don't I I get paid? Yeah, get paid lots of money to do that. So that was my dream, um, I guess, to get into the corporate world. And Hmm. uh, when I did, I I entered the industry, you know, really bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, you know, thinking I could change the world and I had so much to give and uh, worked for a lot of, I guess, banks, as an IT consultant, uh, just doing like business analysis kind of work. But I guess it was like a couple of years in, I started to realise that it was nothing like I thought it'd be. Uh, It was just a bunch of endless meetings and I felt like it was Groundhog Day. (laughs) Death (laughs) by meeting, I don't miss that. Yeah. And, you know, trying to stay awake at meetings, it was just, I just felt really bored and stuck. And I think I remember just one day just, going into work and I saw my future flash, you know, before my eyes and I thought, is this Mm -hmm. how my life's going to be? I'm going to be climbing the corporate ladder, you know, playing the office politics game, you know, eventually getting into a managing director role and then what, I retire at 65 and then I can go and travel and live my life. (laughs) But isn't that the pathway? Isn't that what we get, especially when we look at those roles in high school, those corporate Mm. roles, and that's the pathway they tell us that we we want. That's what we're supposed to want. Yeah, security. Security, you know, buy a couple of houses, have a couple of mortgages to pay off for the rest of your life. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, and I just felt so trapped. I just really Mm. felt like I had so much more to give, but here I was stuck in front of a computer screen and just feeling really defeated uh, or deflated. Um, But, yeah, luckily 2009. The GFC hit. hit. So, you know, I think um, Australia was lagging behind about half a year. So in 2009, mid-2009, I got called into the office one morning and my manager and the director there just basically said that I could pick up my things and leave. Um, And that was it. So got made redundant. I was, yeah, one of the lucky ones, I guess, that got made redundant. Yeah, you got made redundant. So you got a little bit of money to get you Mm -hmm. started onto something new. Yeah. Yeah. So, So I guess in that moment, even though I felt like it was devastating to to lose my job. A couple of weeks in, I just thought, you know what, this is this could be the best thing that had happened to me because I can now go and pursue my dream. And during those few years in corporate, I was so obsessed with cupcakes. Um, when I was 21, I went over to Magnolia Bakery in New York and, you know, I had just developed this obsession with baking cupcakes and bringing them into work every day. And every day I would dream about just baking cupcakes for a living, having my own cupcake bakery. That's so beautiful and such a contrast as well. So, you know, you're, you've studied, you're doing corporate IT, um, you're working in like, you know, working for banks and big organisations and you're dreaming of cupcakes. What a parallel like universe that those two were sitting in. And so you'd obviously already started baking before you were made redundant. Um, and so was baking a bit of therapy for 
getting through that first part of the crisis or were you just kind of curled up on the couch? Uh, it was honestly, I don't, I don't feel like the crisis really hit me. It was, it's nothing like it is now where we're in the, in the midst of a yeah. global pandemic uh, where we're stuck at home. But back then it didn't really feel like anything was wrong. It was just that, um, yeah, there were talks on the news and stuff. But when I lost my job, that was like, oh, okay, so what are my next steps? I could have gone out to find another job, but something within me just kept saying, no, this is your opportunity to start something that you've always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that's that's fantastic. So um, I mentioned before you used the word hatched. Um, where, mm-hmm. does that ter- where does that term come from and, and then where? how do you get from I love cupcakes, I'm baking cupcakes, I'm dreaming of them, which could be seen as a hobby and could be pursued as a hobby to mm. I want to turn that in and I'm going to hatch that into a business. Yeah, I mean, Hatch Out Dream came a little bit later after we started the business and we were thinking of like a catchphrase slogan, you know, <laughs> um, line to, you know, talk about the brand. But I guess it really did start with me having a dream and it was back then it sounded like a really silly dream. Like who wants to leave a six-figure corporate job to go and bake cupcakes for a living? <laughs> like who wants to, A lot you know, of people swap, probably. <laughs> who wants to swap, you know, security and what we've been taught to to do as a, you know, find a career, all that sort of stuff. Like who wants to do that and then and then go and bake cupcakes and sell them at the markets at 6 a.m in the morning right um so it started off with a dream and and it was really something that I just could not get out of my head it was an itch I had to scratch I just needed to pursue it I can't explain it any other way yeah oh that's just I love that. And I I love that contrast of those two worlds for you, like the fact Mm. that you've lived that and it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And um, before we move on, what's your favorite cupcake? (laughs) Salty caramel. I love the salty sweet combination. I, yeah, yeah, I'm a huge fan of salted caramel. I thought you were going to tell me like some unusual cupcake that I'd never (laughs) heard of or some like bizarre kind of experiment that you'd and I've mm. I've had a, a lot of cupcakes central cupcakes in there and there's so many like there's such a variety that mm. that you and the team had created so um yeah so salted caramel yeah I totally go with salted caramel could go one of those might have one after right now <laughs> <laughs> uh so you touched really briefly just then on the fact that we are recording this in 2020 and in COVID um what were there, and I, I know that you've already said that that crisis point probably didn't hit Australia quite as hard as it did maybe the US, um, and then maybe didn't hit you personally quite as much. But there would have been some setback. Being married to done it is not cool. Like no matter what time of the year or life stage we're in, um, are there any bits of advice or or anything that you did when you first got home that first day? You've packed up your desk you've you've obviously got a bit of a redundancy package that you did that helps you through because there are so many people especially young people out there that have experienced that in the last you know six to 12 months Mm. during this time of COVID um is there anything that you would share with them from what you experienced last time yeah I mean last time was a little bit different but even I guess 
even now, like I'm still experiencing uh, fallout or, you know, in the midst of this pandemic um, with my business as well. Uh, but, you know, one one quote that I really uh, love to go back to is never let a good crisis go to waste, I think it was by Winston <laughs> Churchill or something. I and I guess that. what, yep. yeah, what, um, I guess what that means is that, you know, yes, we are in a crisis at the moment, but this also gives us an opportunity. And so where we could look at the negative sides of it, there's also positive sides. So during this time, it's it's really given me the space to step back and think about, um, you know, my vision, think about strategy, think about things that we've always been doing. And, you know, if given the opportunity, which is now, if we could just change things, what would we do differently? And so it's given us um, or me, you know, a perspective of innovation and re-looking at my life where, like, actually, I don't like those things that I had to do. Maybe I could do something different. Um, yeah. And there's just so much opportunity. But, yeah, it's, it's given me space and freedom to, to take my time to think about it and it's a really great time to sit back and just, just you know, think. Yeah. And I think that like you've touched on business and life in, in what you've just shared with us. And, and I think that's a really big part of it. Uh, we've realized that uh, some of us have realized that our lives and especially entrepreneurs and small business owners, our, our lives and our um, like our kind of personal lives and our businesses are so intertwined because mm. sometimes we're working at the kitchen bench and we're especially in startup mode and all that sort of stuff. But then in this time of the pandemic, other than essential workers, everyone has had to bring their work to their home. And so mm-hmm. there's been this real mesh. And, and when you see how those two play together, it really does give you an opportunity to go, what can I learn from this crisis? And what do I want to bring into the new normal and the new phase of whatever comes next? And where do my values sit and mm. what's important to me? And yeah, totally. So I guess, yeah, to go back to what I was saying, like if, if, there are people out there that are struggling or still struggling and um yeah that there's definitely some silver linings of learnings there in Mm. in that that's fantastic um so you've had and we are going to touch on all the businesses because I want to make sure that everyone gets a little snippet of all the wonderful things that you you have done and, and worked on but one of the things that I really admire in what you have consistently done and in all the different areas that you've succeeded in is um, that you've made these really significant and beautiful connections. Um, so I know like we obviously have through our time at Project NZ, we've got some connections that are mutual. Um, but what would you say are the consistent themes in the, you know, is there a consistent theme through like Cupcake Central to the League of Extraordinary Women to the work that you're doing at EO? Like is there something mm-hmm. that you can see as a thread that drives you and and kind of is like a magnet to why these things exist in your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think it really started when I was eight years old and my parents asked me the question, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? And <laughs> as we are all yeah. eight-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, you know, I instinctively said I wanted to change the world. I, I don't know where that came from. It just came from within me. And it's just been something that stuck with me throughout my whole life. And so everything that I've chosen to do in my career and business is is really driven by this need to make a positive impact in this world. 
so, you know, with Cupcake Central, it was this need to, to make people happy. Like every time I baked cupcakes and I could see people's faces light up and that was this feeling that just made me feel so much joy and I just wanted to do more of it. And so what essentially started as just like, oh, a little hobby baking cupcakes um, for friends and family turned into a, something a lot more than that. It was a metaphor to remind people of their own dreams and, you know, I just wanted to show people that even if your dream is as silly as wanting to bake cupcakes for a living, it can make so much difference. It can make such a difference in this world. So whatever your dream is, no matter how big or small it is, just go for it because life is literally so short. We're on this planet for such a short amount of time. We, you know, we have the right to go and follow our dreams. Yeah. Oh, what a beautiful statement. We have the right to go and follow our dreams and that mm. like it's one thing to kind of wish to follow your dreams or to but to know that you have the right to that that's that's really powerful um so I know that you do a lot of work in this this space of encouragement and pushing people to to really follow those dreams and so yourself and your co-founders ha- launched the League of Extraordinary Women um soon after you launched Cupcake Central was there was there something that you kind of went what what was it that drove you to to create something of that nature especially mm. what a couple of years into having cupcake central from my understanding yeah i mean uh, the first year of or the first couple of years of running a business was extremely hard so the first 10 months i was doing it on my own baking cupcakes at home you know doing everything on my own uh and then eventually opening up uh, store with my business partner back then mm-hmm. um, but it was really isolating I felt like I didn't know all the answers which I didn't didn't know what I was doing I was googling everything but Google can only take you so far with experiences <laughs> and learning so I decided to go out and, and find other business owners and you know 10 years ago there weren't a lot of business groups around and when I did attend one, it was 90, probably 95% all men. So it was really, really different. I was such an introvert. I didn't, I, yeah, I felt really uncomfortable and really scared really just to just to t- talk to people. But then I met my co-founders of the league and back then we just kind of gravitated towards each other. We thought, hey, let's just catch up for brekkie every couple of weeks just to you know, catch up on business and stuff or just what we're going through. And that forged this amazing friendship that became the League of Extraordinary Women by chance because we just wow. realised that we were all craving this level of connection and uh, meeting people that were just like-minded and we could learn from. So, yeah, just the League just was something that we thought, let's pop it up on Facebook and see if other women would want to come along. And within mm. two or three weeks, we had 160 women at a bar. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, we That's thought maybe 30 thing. people. Yeah, we thought maybe 30 <laughs> people would rock up. But it was yes. 160 women. It was so full. We had a couple of speakers and that was, yeah, the birth of League of Extraordinary Women. Wow, I don't. I think I don't think I've ever even heard that story before, and and I've spent a lot of time with all the founders of the um of the league, and I totally get that story. 
I have sat in those rooms with lots of other men and gone, am I the only woman here? Or do you, you beeline for the one woman you find because you, you just need to feel like you're not alone. Um, and, you know, props to the guys out there that have sat in those meetings or those um, networking events and, and made sure that we feel comfortable because there's some great, great guys out there that mm. do that. But, yeah, you, I totally get it. You want to make sure that you feel comfortable and, and there's the experience of being a, a business owner and a woman is very different to being a business owner and a man and that's just the reality of life. So um, so fast forward to 2020, where what's happening with the league? What are you guys working on at the moment? Oh, well, as you know, 2020 hasn't really gone the way that we planned. Uh, so <laughs> yep. we, you know, we've for the last nine years, the league has predominantly been running events and conferences. That's our bread and butter. That's how we connect women in our community. Uh, we've got a really strong following on, on social media and um, it's great, but I think people want that in-person connection. So it's been it's been interesting. Uh, we've we've kind of pivoted ourselves. So what became um, yeah we, we've now launched like a membership platform. We do lots of virtual events, but you know we we struggle as well. We're we're struggling with people having Zoom fatigue, and it's not the same when you're on Zoom. You can't talk to many different people in the room. You can only have one conversation going at each time. And, uh, yeah, people are juggling, especially women. Everyone is juggling home life. So they've Mm. got kids, they've got to cook. Yeah, there's so many things that we're um, we're trying to support our community as much as possible. But, yes, it's it's been challenging for us. (laughs) It's tricky. So fingers crossed for ease of restrictions and face-to-face contact and events like I just yeah it's funny I um I have a background in events and um there was a part of me that when I launched um organized curate design I was like we're not doing events we're not touching them we're not even supporting like we're not going to offer that even as a support service and now I'm like bring on the events I just want to be with people so um it's amazing how when you realize how beautiful that human connection is and and I think, yeah, you're going to have some sold-out events once you guys launch them again because yeah. people are hanging for them, which is so exciting to know that they're going to be full of people that are ready, like ready and excited to be with others and, and there for the right reasons. So that's that's mm. exciting. I guess so the silver now- lining, yeah, I guess the silver lining though from, from um, this is that we've launched, I guess, a really small, not a small program, but we've we've started realizing that people come to our events they feel inspired they go away but they never really put their dreams into action and I really thought hard about how can we support women to to launch that thing that they've always been thinking of um how can we you know encourage them to to follow their path and and keep going um so we launched something called game plan we've done it on the download we've run three rounds of it but it's just a small curated group and we have our mentors slash what we call mavens to run these interactive sessions. Um, so that's been going really well and I think, that if anything, that's been the silver lining of um, this pandemic is that we've been able to run these virtually and we've had women all across Australia kind of join join that where normally we would have to do it in person in one city. Yeah, 
And that's mm-hmm. one of those things as well, like having this program that you've now developed, you've tested it, you've got a following, um, you're going to have great feedback from your participants and then mm-hmm. you can step into the world of post-COVID um face-to-face events, all that sort of stuff, and still run some virtual stuff because mm-hmm. you have have the model there. So what a great silver lining and great opportunity as well. So um, we will make sure that everything we talk about will be in the show notes, but we'll definitely make sure that links to um, the league and how to become a member. Obviously, there's a, a whole different level of ways that you can interact um, and participate in what they have to offer. And these sorts of programs are, are definitely great things if you are a, a woman listening and have been listening to all the inspirational stories we've shared and gone, business sounds great. Um, and we haven't only had business people on here, but, yeah, definitely get onto it. Um, now, stick, sticking to business and all the million roles that you hold, um, you are currently the president of EO. Um, can you just explain to us what that is because mm-hmm. I know when I first heard of EO I was like how does this exist and it sounds incredible um and uh, I know quite a few people that that um are uh, part of the program if that's what you call it you'd probably be yeah. able to clarify better <laughs> um but how how is the role of president going and can you just tell us a little bit about how that works yeah, for sure. So Entrepreneurs Organization is a not-for-profit organization that started in New York about 30 years ago now. And it really started out because of this need for business people to meet meet other like-minded people. And the way it runs is that it's a little bit underground. Uh, we, it's, it's not widely known out there. Um, it is, I guess, quite um, specific in the people that we want to attract into this organisation. So you need to meet, um, I guess, a certain revenue turnover, which is a million US um, a year. And also you need to um, meet the core values of EO. So it is quite a, a an organisation that um, is all about thirst for learning, you know, um, making a mark and, and trusted, trust and respecting those within the organisation. So when I joined EO, it was about five years, a bit over five years ago, and to be honest, I thought it sounded a little bit like a cult. It sounded like, <laughs> wow, okay, what is this underground thing? Do you have a secret handshake and all this sort of stuff? But I guess the, the more I um, met people that were in EO, I thought, wow, these are really cool people. These are the people that I really want to hang out with. They know exactly, you know, they've scaled their businesses. They're extremely open and honest. And I thought, okay, I want to understand what it's about. And so when I did join, it was something that was completely mind-blowing for me. Uh, You get placed in a group or what they call a forum of eight to, Mm -hmm. to nine people and you meet up once a month. And during that month, you or during that day that you meet up once a month, you speak um, honestly, openly, all about you know what we call our five percent. So all these things that we normally don't get to speak to other people about. And so um, it was in a way cathartic, and it was so helpful in my own personal and business journey. Yeah. And yeah, I guess um, being president of EO Melbourne has been 
incredible challenge. <laughs> and, and challenging. You're right in now. 2020, though. <laughs> yeah. It is. But, and, and, you know, there's so much work that goes into the preparation of being EO president as well. So you need to go travel to these amazing conferences overseas. So I got to go to Macau <laughs> last year. We were supposed to go to South Africa this year, but it was all virtual. But um, I guess the biggest learning for me for being um, chapter president is that I've learned so much about myself and I've learned about all my insecurities um, or my biggest fears, so really facing my fears, thinking, and these are really things that I've kind of dealt with in the past, but I felt I feel like I've overcome, I'm on that path of overcoming it now, but I used to have this fear of, you know, oh, I'm not... I'm not good enough to be president or I'm not good enough to be a great leader or I'm too young. I don't have the experience. Who's going to listen to me? So all of these, you know, insecurities, I've been actually been tackling head on. And I feel, I feel, yeah, it's, it's um, so far I'm half, almost halfway through my tenure. It's been challenging, yeah. but it's also been um, incredibly rewarding. That sounds amazing. And I think in in what I know of EO and and some of the um, the members that you have, and I know a few of them personally, and the impact that that community uh, and the connection with people that are at you know of that caliber and have the value set. The value set is actually incredibly important. Um, like obviously there's revenue, um, t- things that you have to tick and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, it's it's the calibre of values and, and why you're in business and and wanting connection is, is a big driver from what I've seen and it sounds incredible. So I guess if you've never heard of EO and you are a business owner and, and um and that is something that you've been craving, I highly recommend that you look that up as well. Um, head to the show notes, you'll be able to see um, the information. And and though Cheryl is the president of the Melbourne chapter there, there are chapters all around the world. So um, there's always somewhere for, for you to fit um, if EO sounds like something that you're interested in. Now I'm going to pivot and take us to where we wish we were in Cambodia because, oh God, I keep getting my Facebook reminders from the last two years and it's killing me because I'm like, oh, I want to go to Cambodia. But we, I've had the pleasure of going on two trips to Cambodia with Project NZ with you um, for the last two years. But last year, so you, am I right in saying that you've been on every single trip or mm-hmm. every single year? Yeah. Yes. And in addition to that, you went technically on two trips last year, but you just stayed right the way through. So um, what has been, so um, I guess from the perspective of anyone that's listened to previous episodes, they've they've heard from Liz, they've heard from me, they've heard from Lisa, there's a, been a few Project NZ alumni um, mm-hmm. on the podcast. So uh, I guess what I'm really keen to hear from you is, one, how was it last year when you got to just stay there for what was like a month or something, maybe less. Mm-hmm. And then over those five years, what's been the biggest learning? Can Is there anything that's consistent or is it just developed over the time? Oh, it's been, you know, I've gone every year for five years and I think the first year was definitely the most emotional. So it, mm. you know, it was the first year that I really understood and saw with my own two eyes how 
severely disadvantaged these kids were in Cambodia and how, uh, you know, they just lacked access to so many things that we take for granted here. So I really left <laughs> left the first trip feeling as though, you know, I, I, I just felt guilty. I felt guilty for all the possessions I had. I felt guilty for having such a great life because these kids did not ask to be born in Cambodia and into the situation they're in, you know, and, and just even understanding where um, how much abuse or uh, things that they kind of have got, gone through in such a young age, it really just um, took an emotional toll on me because I started to think, you know, there are just the world's not a great place. You know, how do people get away with these sort of heinous crimes and all of that sort of stuff? So the first year was really just emotional. Um, but over the years I've started to see that, you know, at what we do, going over there, running these workshops, teaching these kids, I could see year on year their confidence was starting to to rise and, you know, we've heard so many great stories of them uh, now becoming entrepreneurs themselves, so even running a small business uh, or getting amazing jobs that they could only ever dream of. Saran is now over in Australia, in Melbourne, here studying, which is amazing. And she was, I think, the first winner of, of um, yeah, uh, the Project Gen Z Dare to Dream. So just things like that. It was just, um, yeah, it's just amazing to see the progress that we've been able to make and, and even... Um, for Liz and I, when we first thought about it, we're like, you know, will anyone even go on this trip? And you know, <laughs> and people can't later, get it. Yeah, you're on two. Yeah, you did two. You did one, which was kind of traditional, well, mm-hmm. like the format, the, the pre- traditional yeah. format, and then and then Liz took us around and tortured mm. us for a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm so glad I got to spend a month over there last year. Oh, I'm like, I, I could, can't I even imagine. <laughs> Like over the five years, Cambodia has just, um, I mean, it's just incredible how much they've uh, progressed, you know. And CM Reap is beautiful. It's like become this like spiritual kind of haven as well. It's it's really, really nice. Yeah, there's some beautiful souls that cho- have chosen to spend more time there and mm-hmm. and then obviously the Cambodian people are incredible. Um, they're just, there's, there's yeah. a bit of magic happening over there which is which is just beautiful but yeah definitely get to Cambodia actually um Saran was on the episode previous to to ours today and um I I just said to her like it's one of the things that I Cambodia was never like I probably had never even heard of it growing up sort of thing and then um now I'm like you got to get to Cambodia you just got to get there um Mm -hmm. it's very much my one of my biggest recommendations from a travel perspective so yeah on the list on the list for whenever travel I I can't say 2021 because I'm not that confident but maybe (laughs) maybe one day (laughs) um so you just talked about children um, because obviously we work with kids when we go over to Cambodia. And, and I love the fact that we get the opportunity to work with the older kids. We call them kids. They're like 25, some of them, like <laughs> not even kids. But I call them kids because I'm such a nana. Um, but um, I love working with the really little kids. Like we get to obviously play with them and they come. They all come down and, and sometimes we run smaller classes and things for them. But I hear that you might have some news <laughs> about kids yeah, <laughs> so I, just kind of like 
like not that like we have a so you don't have to worry I'd love to say we have a million followers on our podcast we don't so you don't have to be too nervous but there are some really regular listeners so do you want to just share with us what may be some co like some news that, that you might have yeah, well, I guess, you know, if there's one great thing that's come out of 2020 is that, you know, I've got a baby on the way. So, <gasps> Making a baby. Yeah, <laughs> a baby, COVID baby coming April 2021, so early April. So it's super exciting. I, you know, <laughs> it's it's um, a surprise, but it is, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that, um yeah, it's got me so excited about the future and, <laughs> and yeah. That's so incredible. Congratulations. Um, I was on a group chat with you recently, hence why I know this news, and <laughs> I loved watching everyone's react. Like my reaction was just as animated because I was so excited. Um, but, and I say this, be- and this is probably a tricky question to answer because you haven't been pregnant before. But is it weird being pregnant in COVID or is it awesome because you can just wear pyjamas every day? Oh, my God, it's so good. I've been experiencing pretty <laughs> bad morning sickness in the evening, which yep. is bizarre. But, um, yeah, exactly. But it's just been really great. I mean, you know, I normally in my normal life or day-to-day life, I would have so many events to go to. And I don't need to make up excuses of not having to go to <laughs> stay at home. I've been doing a lot of conferences and events online, so it's just yeah, been easy to be like shoulders exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. So you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. So, so it is. Um, so is there anything that you're going to do or want to do between now and when baby arrives? Obviously, you're hmm. based in Metro Melbourne. Um, hmm. Restrictions are a bit all over the shop, but yeah. Um, Anything you're really wishing that you'll get done or, or that you Well, I'm plan planning the gender April? reveal. So I've already um, got the gender reveal results in an envelope, but I haven't opened it yet. So you, have, so you, so no. you don't know, Mm-mm. your partner doesn't know. No. Ooh, so, yeah, so I'm going to plan. Are you baking? Or is someone else, ba- like, are you going to do a cake or what's the gender reveal process? I have no idea. I've just left it to my <laughs> best friend and my brother yeah. to organise it and they're going to surprise me because I think oh, that's, that's really nice. So I haven't been able to see a lot of my friends and family for so long. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Um, in the next couple of weeks, you know, we're seeing restrictions ease. We can, ha- you know, do something outside. So that's what I'm looking yeah, forward lovely. to. Hopefully I can sneak in a baby moon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, my regional, there's some beautiful places in regional Victoria that you can definitely escape to and have a baby moon. But that's congratulations. Thank you. Outside of your house. Yeah, anywhere that's outside this five kilometres, I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Um, And it's interesting. I, I, I get so excited when my friends have babies because I went through a phase where all of my friends were having babies um, mm-hmm. and then like and I had babies really young, you know, um, my my baby is about to turn 16 like in a couple of weeks. It's just like that is not okay. Um, but, yeah, I get super excited when my friends have babies because it's like, oh, I get to do this whole thing but I don't have to have any more babies. <laughs> so, um, so it's so exciting. So, um, Thank you. Yeah, it's very um I'm really looking forward to, especially the fact that you hopefully, fingers crossed, by mm-hmm. April, um, 
you'll be able to have more family around and friends and photographs. Mm. So that's amazing. So you heard it here, probably not first because I'm thinking this will come out after your gender reveal, but that's all good. <laughs> um, you, if you didn't know, Cheryl's having faith. Yeah. Uh, now, um, as we wrap up, I know that you, as we've said, like you've had this, like all these opportunities, be it through the organisations you've spoken for, um, ones that you've actually been involved in in, in launching and creating, um, you've travelled, you got to, you get to travel with EO. Can you think of someone who, who's the first person that comes to mind, male or female, um, that is inspiring you at the moment or has been a consistent for you and, and who are they and why? Oh, there's so many. Uh, but <laughs> I guess the main person that I've really followed since I was 16 is Tony Robbins. It's yep. <laughs> really weird. But Have you been to any of his? Yeah, I've been to two UPWs, so Unleash the Power Amazing. Within, those yeah, yeah. conferences yeah. in Sydney. And I'm hoping to go to Date with Destiny, so in the future. But Tony is, yeah, someone that's kind of like, I've turned to whenever I felt a bit lost and confused. I go back to his books. I listen to his, you know, um, I guess tape recordings or whatever they call them now. But yeah, they um, used to be on cassette. Okay. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's my little bit of motivation. Uh, but you know, there's just so many people that I follow now, and it constantly changes. Um, mm. Tim Ferriss is really great. I love listening to all the guests on his podcasts because. They just give me such a different perspective. Um, mm. Yeah. I love that. So a, a consistent Tony Robbins and a little bit of a Tim Ferriss. And if you listen to Tim Ferriss, then you get so many others. Like you get to just dive in really deep with lots of amazing minds. Um, he does that really well. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing uh, your stories, so many stories. Um, and it probably felt a bit like question, 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 because I was like, there's so many things to talk about. And it's actually really hard to kind of flow into one or the other because there were so many and they're so different. Um, but mm. wow, the, what an inspirational life you've had. And, and now you're going to get to pass that on to a baby. <laughs> so excited. I'm like, I'm super, like, I'm not clucky. I'm like, like an auntie clucky so I get like someone else is having a baby <laughs> well thanks so much Carolina and you know what you're doing is amazing and um love looking following you on your Instagram stories and just everything that you're doing is just great positive vibes in this world so really appreciate your work well, if you um, want to connect with Cheryl, um, she has her own website, which we'll put in the show notes. If you do want to connect with her personally, um, as like be it as a coach or someone that you want to speak, you know, pick her brain, you can definitely do that. Um, all of the organisations and bits and pieces that we've mentioned will be in the show notes as well. And um, we look forward to sharing with you again on the next episode. Thank you for joining us today and being a part of this incredible community. Remember to hit subscribe and join us in our next episode to be inspired by more exceptional women.